0: So they say there are a couple things you should never talk about in a conversation. Those being religion, sex, and politics. But the truth is, is we tend to still talk about those quite often. I go to a Christian campus. You can hear all three simultaneously at once. It's kind of interesting. Um, But there is one thing that we do not talk about, or if we do talk about it, how can we quickly change the subject, and that is... That's the term, that's the conversation of death. <clears throat> I mean, if you hear someone talk about death, it's kind of like, how can we quickly skirt around this and change the subject to, uh, man, did you catch the game last week? And did you finally realize, I don't know if I have any Cowboys fans, probably not, but that Dez finally caught it. It was terrible. Or for those of, us, those of you who do not quite understand, or can you believe that Ari chose that girl? Yeah, I just mentioned the bachelor in a sermon. Um, don't judge me. Um, Camille makes me watch it. She's great. Uh, but anyway, but death is not necessarily something that we want to talk about a whole lot. And it's kind of scary if you think about it, especially in a culture where death kind of gets in the way of the things that we want to do, whether that's our job. Um, if you die you can't really continue working, um, our money or relationships or whatever it may be, death tends to, Interfere with those things. So, if you're like most people, you tend to avoid death, especially in our culture where it's joy and happiness all the time. And if anything tends to get in the way of that, it's a complete buzzkill. And I bet that this is how these Greeks felt in our text today. We already read it once, but we're going to read it again because you can never read enough of the Bible. So um, we're going to look at um, John 12, verses 20 through 33 again. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there real quick. So John 12, starting in verse 20, says, now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a court request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless the kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason I come. I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Then the crowd that was there and heard it said, it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus said the vo- this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on the world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. So these Greeks. OK, these Greeks have come to see Jesus and by now they have heard of all these miracles that Jesus has done. I mean, they probably heard about Jesus feeding the five thousand, um, restoring sight to the blind, cleansing the lepers, bringing and then even this weird thing of bringing the dead back to life. And I wonder if they have come to Jesus with the, this, this thought, like, you know, he's able to do all of these miracles. What kind of miracles can he do for me? And so they come to Jesus, and they're excited. And Jesus says, "The hour has come." Oh, this is great! If I'm one of the Greeks, I'm I'm going to finally get my miracle. What can He do for me? And and He said, and then He continues on. and says, "The hour has come for the Son to be glorified." Wait, what? You're going to be glorified? What? You're not glorifying me, or glorifying yourself? What? And then. And then Jesus continues on and he says, it goes about talking about kernels of wheat and, and I bet at this moment these Greeks are probably thinking to themselves, what in the world is going on here? I came for you to give me a miracle and now you're telling me about a kernel of wheat falling to the ground and it's going to die so that it can spread? See, but the problem is, is what I wonder is if these Greeks, they came looking for a miracle, but... That's not what Jesus was. See, what I wonder is if these Greeks wanted Jesus to be the Burger King kind of God, the have it your way, or the all you can bless me buffet, so to speak. And I I wonder though, do we ever view God in that way? Do we ever view God as, man? I just want you to give me all of these things. I don't want to actually have to hear about dying and spreading and all these weird things. I mean, we come up to the line and we say, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a little bit of joy. I'll take a little bit of peace. I'll take some money. I'll take a good career. I'll take all of these things that make me feel good. But sadly, that's not how being in Christ works. I believe what Jesus is showing these Greeks is that, that have come to see Jesus. He is showing them exact, the exact same things as, we can, as we're looking in the text. See, so what Christianity is, is it's participating in the life and the death. And the resurrection of Jesus. And this is what Jesus is placing out in front of these Greeks as they come to see Jesus. See, Jesus is setting up this, this statement that if you come to see me, you will face death. So when Jesus approaches them with the words that as a kernel of seed falls to the ground, it does not die. It's just a single seed. But if it does die, then it can spread and it can produce many seeds. And what I want us to do is I want us to break this down a little bit. See, most of us in this room, I'm going to assume, are not going to die for our faith. Um, that's just not typically what we see in America. And what I mean by that is we're not being persecuted as much. But there are things in our faith that we will have to die to. Not all death is physical. <clears throat> and Jesus and Jesus lets them know this. See, what he says is... Um, is that if you love your life, you will lose it, and if you hate your life in this world, you will gain it and keep it for eternal life. So we die to our old selves, and this is, these are the things that got us nowhere. We die to the life that we once lived. We die, and we realize that and we die to the things that kept us broken and kept us lost. And we take on new lives in Christ. And how this looks is we realize that we have to. To find new life. Because if we love our life, we will lose it. And if we hate our lives in this world, we will keep it for eternal life. Now, this sounds a little interesting to me because it doesn't make sense. I mean, if I love my life, I I obviously want to keep my life, right? And if I hate my life, I would... Probably rather do something else. But that's not what Jesus says here. What he does is he flips it upside down by saying, if you love it, you will lose it. If you hate it, you will keep it. That doesn't make any sense. But, so what is he getting at? And I think the key word in understanding all of this is whenever he says, when he says, if you hate your life in this world, keyword there, world. Well, what in the world is the world? What, is that, what does that mean? What does that demonstrate? Well, what, whatever I view the world and what I've understood it in Christian circles for all these years that I've been around, the six or seven that I'm in now, it says the world is the things that as, as people we try to find meaning in. And as we seek after these things and we strive after these different things that we think this is going to be the thing that's going to give me purpose and give me meaning, we still kind of feel a little empty. I mean, there are things that we strive after that we think if I can just get enough of this, that will that will make me feel complete and good. So some of those things are money. But the problem, what I've realized about money is that there's always a need for more money. Have you ever met a rich person who was happy? I haven't yet. Or maybe it's our jobs. If I just continue to climb the ladder, eventually I'm going to get to that point where I am on top of my game and I'm not going to be stressed because it's all going to be great. Well, I've been told that work is stressful. Um, I tend to be stressed um, occasionally when I'm doing work, so I'm going to assume that's not where I find meaning. Well, maybe, maybe, I, maybe you can find meaning and purpose in relationships, your marriage or, every, or anything else, else. But what do you do when that relationship ends? Or, or maybe for, um, for the people of my generation and maybe some older, maybe you find your meaning on how many likes you get on social media. Well, sadly, no one ever likes my stuff, so I can't find it there. But maybe we find it in some kind of substance, whatever it may be. All of these different things that we think that if I just climb this, if I just do this, I'm finally going to find my purpose. But the problem that I've realized by chasing after these fleeting things is that I always want a little more. There's always something that just, that's just not quite there. And so maybe what he's doing is he's trying to get us to understand that we have to finally get to the realization that we cannot find purpose in all of these things that we've been chasing after. Because all we do is become a slave to trying to fill the holes and the gaps that can never be filled in our lives. And I think when we finally realize that it is impossible and you, and you realize that you hate this feeling of being empty when you reach the point that the only thing can fill this is the one who's been calling you for years, the one who's been calling you, and that is Jesus Christ. You will finally save your life and find eternal life in Jesus. But to do this, we must we must follow him. Not just through all the good things, not through all the blessings, but through the trials and through the pain that goes along with it. And I don't know about y'all, but I hate suffering. I mean, can we just I mean, a lot of times I just I just want to get it over with. I mean, have you ever gone to like to the doctor and wanted a shot? I mean, I just kind of want them to knock me out and give me what I need but, or just let me be healed, cleansed. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to deal with pain. I don't want to deal with struggles. And so if I could just get to the destination, skip through the journey and get to the, the healing, to the blessings, to everything else, that'd be great. But sadly, that's not how it works. See, the truth is, is we cannot just follow Jesus in his victory. But we must also follow Jesus with our own cross. We must follow in with our struggles. Our doubts. Our pains. Our persecutions. And our own wanderings in the wilderness. That we will have in this world. Because to follow Jesus has a price. It is to go on a journey. Where we will have struggles and pain. And we must be willing to give up our lives. And to die to ourselves. Because sadly. If there is no death there can be no resurrection. Again, just in case you missed it, if there is no death, there can be no resurrection. And some of us here today are needing a resurrection. Some of us are in the middle of a struggle right now and we're trying to figure out which way is up and which way is down. And I know maybe there are people here today who are having things in their life that need to just die. Because remember, not all death is physical And so you may have some relationships today that need to end. You may, there may be some addictions that need to go away, that need to cease, that need to die. And there may be some jobs that need to be quit. There are just some things that I know that we can do without. Because maybe this is the day that God is preparing for your own resurrection in your own life. And I know this will not be easy. I know this is going to be painful. Nobody likes breaking up with anything. No one likes. I don't know about y'all, but I hate telling people no. And sometimes I, I'm afraid to say no. So the task is too daunting. So I keep going. But we'll sometimes y'all have to understand that it's going to be. It's not going to be easy. The road's going to be difficult. But if we're going to be honest, we realize sometimes no is the best answer. And we see that Jesus is even in distress. In this. See. What's interesting is as we look back at verse 27, we see Jesus is very much a human right now. He says, now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. See, Jesus is being honest. He realizes that the task does not sound fun. Dying on a cross and being beaten does not sound like a good time. But he realizes that it is going to be hard. It's going to be painful. But what he also remembers, but this is why I have come. It's for this reason I have come. It is for this moment that I have come. And he says, how can I give up now when we're almost to the finish? I have come too far to give up now. So not my will. But your will be done. The road is going to be tough. But if God is in it. He will make a way for us. And we hear the text continue on to say um, there's this loud voice coming from heaven. It says, I have glorified this. And I will glorify it again. And Jesus says that this was not for my benefit. It was for yours. He goes on to say it. Now is the time for judgment. And the prince of this world will be driven out. In other words, it is time for Satan to be gone. And it is time for the people to come to me. And Jesus is speaking about his death. here, And he lets the people in on a secret. He tells them, I'm going to die. Yes, but I'm not going to stay dead. See, there's going to be a resurrection. Satan may think that he's going to have this final word. He's going to bring forth this victory and it's all going to be over. But what he does not understand is that, yes, they will take me and they will beat me and they will hang me on a cross. And then I will die. But then... Then after that, after that is finished, I'm going to say it's finished. The ground is going to shake and all these other crazy things are going to happen. The curtain's is going to be torn in the temple and God's going to finally be with his people. But and then after that, they're going to put me in a tomb. But the problem is what they don't know is that I've got the secret. See, the secret is that I'm perfect. The secret is that I've lived a holy and pure life. So They're going to come back and check the tomb and I'm not going to be there. See, I'm going to raised again and from my death, because I was perfect or am perfect, all will be drawn to me and I will bring forth a path to resurrection for all of those who will follow me. See, the truth about following Jesus is there's always going to be struggles that will come. We are not excluded from the pains and the sufferings of this world. That come of following him. But the beautiful thing is, is we're not just following him to his death. We're following him to his resurrection. And when we follow Jesus, we are able to partake in the gift of the resurrection. But to jump back to the beginning of the text, as we come to the conclusion, we see that these Greeks come to Jesus. Well, they come to Philip asking, can we see Jesus? And what's interesting about this coming and seeing Jesus is these are the exact same words that Jesus would often give to his apostles as they would want to see him. Come and see. Or as the Samaritan woman at the well would say, come and see a man who has told me everything that I've ever done. And by by these Greeks coming and seeing Jesus, Jesus is offering them the chance to see what life in Christ will be like. It is to die to yourself but also it is to come and see how the world will be changed. He says, come and see the healing and the resurrection. And the crazy thing is... This-